One message was, how, how do we really be in the world, but not of the world? That of, is on uh, uh, whatever, the, what they call DVDs or whatever, that is, that is recorded. And within the series of Foot Soldiers for Christ, and this morning uh, we're laying the groundwork uh, it's not a salvation message, and, but it's a, a message of, for the saved, plan of God. Uh, yes, it's deep in my heart. And um, I think and I hope and pray that it will be a blessing and that you know, it's not just a words that are spoken, but a deposit that's made. <clears throat> First of all, Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I really believe that there is a, there's a building of the wave of God. I believe it's building and the nation I believe it's building in churches I believe it's building in lives anybody feel any extra wave in your life yeah. huh it builds it builds and <clears throat> Jesus said I'm going to build it we'll find that he he a lot of times bills with waves, waves of his glory, waves of, you know, doing special things, special times. And he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Some of you have run up against some gates. But the good news is, this morning, from the master himself, not only in the projected you know, declaration of the victoriousness of his church, of which you are a part of, but there comes those seasons, those times when those hindrances, those preventive things... They belong to you, have to cave. They got a cave. Did you hear me, church? I said they got a cave. They shall not prevail. Hallelujah. They shall not prevail. Jesus knew it, passed it on to us that he wants us to grab a hold of it. I don't know what those gates are, but gates, you know what I mean? And this context is things that are preventing, that are, that it's, it's territory, you know what I mean, that belongs. And yet it's, it's been guarded, set up. So I want to encourage you this morning as we move in this direction, encourage your heart and inspire you and uh, start looking for the gates to cave. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. There are things that you've worked on. You've done all your part. You've done everything that you can do. You've, you've been there. You've, you've stood, stood with it. You've been in faith, etc. You know what I mean? And still hasn't caved. Because some things are bigger than you and I. But those same things come with the promise of the one 
who is all, all power. So, Father, I want to thank you this morning for the promise that you have given that the gates of hell will cave. I thank you today for those gates of hell that have been influencing the individuals, the character, and what they're doing. That spirit, that power that has been influencing and putting it in them. We declare in Jesus' name their deliverance. The things that are out of reach. Now become reachable. Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen? Hallelujah. I believe it. I believe it. We're in a battle without bullets. A battle that bullets can't solve. Battle that passing walls, laws, can't bring to a conclusion. So let us begin this foot soldiers for Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter six. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. This passage of scripture identifies our enemy. It reveals the battlefield. And it tells us the nature of the conflict or the war. It is more a legal conflict than it is what we sometimes think is hand-to-hand combat. A legal conflict because it is a spiritual battle. How do you enforce? How do you wrestle? How do you get in touch? How do you prevail with unseen forces? Well, we know we have a certain weaponry, of course. But this is a legal conflict in which we are, as the soldiers of Jesus Christ, are to enforce the victory of Jesus. Because he's the one that did the hand-to-hand combat. And won that victory legally. So it's the, identifies the enemy, the battlefield, the nature of the conflict. We see the results, the moral darkness. But it comes from the realm of the unseen. You know, in the Old Testament is filled with war and skirmishes of flesh and blood. But here and now, 
Paul says that there's evil spirits. Evil spirits, evil powers that's manipulating people. Manipulating people. Warfare is the devil's attempt to deceive and divide people. Divide people. His intent is to mess it up and mess you up. Is to get you to give up or puff you up. Yes. Or split you up or shut you up. As we read the passage of Scripture from Matthew 28, Jesus is inviting us and informing us that we're on a mission that can't fail. Jesus said to them, All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus has absolutely authority and sovereignty. This is a mission that's unstoppable. As he launches this, his foot soldiers, he starts, you know what I mean, from a victorious message. I have all power. And authority. Oh, I've got it all. The enemy would love to argue that case. He's trying to give us the courage to go. Because only Jesus is sovereign. Satan isn't. Viruses aren't. Broken chromosomes are not. Disease isn't. And death isn't. Only Jesus. Hallelujah. Then he says in John chapter 15, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Now he's saying this to his his disciples, but how many know that they're the ones that were to carry on the words of Jesus? What's unique about this scripture is that it, is, it was not a custom or common for the teacher to choose the students. The custom was that the students would choose the teacher. Jesus chose the students. Handpicked. Paul said this. He separated me from my mother's womb and he called me by his grace. But prophet Jeremiah says, you know, when I was still in the womb, 
There was a prophetic anointing that was placed upon his life. All of us have different paths of getting there. But the idea is not that everyone is similar, but that we come to understand that we've been chosen by God. We're on the Jesus team. The Jesus team. I chose and appointed you that you should go bear fruit. He's already designed your success. He's already laid out your future. Not only in your time, but the time after words. Hallelujah. He says, and whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. In other words, it gives us the privilege, the honor to draw on the account of Jesus Christ. You draw on his account. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's not about the I's or the U's, but it's all about what he has done. God is very intentional about his expansion. He is. Second Timothy chapter two. Therefore, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Having the play on paper is not near as challenging as doing the play on the field. Right? The coach draws up the play. Try to absorb it in our minds. And then we get out in the field and we're going to run the play, but all of a sudden there's somebody on the other side that's trying to stop the success of the play. Jesus has drawn up the plays and he wants us to know that there is a opposing force that's trying to stop the run or the play. And you might have to run the play again. And again. And again. But I guarantee you, he says that you will have success. I'm getting more excited about getting in the game. I remember my last game. I was a senior. It was our last football game of the season. And prior to the, these the, the seasons, you know, the, the the whole season, you know, I had played and you know, I played with enthusiasm. I played with excitement. I played, you know, you know, with strength. I played with, you know, to win. 
Well, the last game, on the first play, the guy across from me was, he was bigger than I was, because I was never big. And he went ahead and he forearmed me under my mask. Now, he didn't take me out, but he intimidated me. I was, had blood. I was still on the field. Blood was running out of my nose. And he intimidated me, and so I seriously, I played the rest of the game intimidated in that position. And Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, listen, guy, listen, son, you got to break that idea of intimidation. For God has not given you the spirit of timidity, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Listen, church, you got it together. The enemy is trying to play with your mind. The enemy is trying to mess it up. You know, he's trying to, you know, cause doubt to be in there. He's trying to, you know, you're not good enough. You don't belong there. Or you're too good. (laughs) Anyway, that's my story. (laughs) Intimidated. We lost. Not because I was intimidated. I don't know. This is not a video game. This is the real thing. It's the real deal. Thank you, Lord. The thing that we're called to do first as foot soldiers of Jesus Christ is to be witnesses. Christ is on trial. He's on trial before the jury of all unbelievers. You and I are a witness for Christ on the stand of life in the people in our sphere. The Holy Spirit is the lawyer on Christ's behalf, but you are the witness. And of course, we can go, there's technique, there's ways, but we know this, to, to show this point, by this shall the world know that you are my, huh? See, Christianity, it, it's not a school of ideas or a collection of beautiful temples. It's a living people who follow Jesus and give witness to him every day of their life. I had a bad day once in that field. I've told you about it. It was a basketball game. Failed miserably. But Isaiah 43 and says this, it says, you are my witnesses, says the Lord. Now that goes right along with Matthew 28. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore, and what? 
witness. Tell the story. To testify. In this passage of scripture, God is telling us what our job description is. Every Christian's vocation is to witness. What do we witness? I think this fits. That God is God and there is no other. Forty-three and eleven and twelve says, "I even I am the Lord, and besides there is no Savior." I know that that sounds hard, and you know the reason we're doing it is not to, you know, necessarily like Paul, you know, on the uh, Mars Hill. He didn't pick on their gar- gods. He told them about his God. Don't get very far picking on somebody's God. But you might be able to enlighten them with regard to the one true and living God. Multiple gods is not a new thing in society. But one God is... And so Israel, of course, had been chosen and called out and set in that place to be that declaration. So it says in verse 12 there, that therefore you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Basically, there's no neutrality in this situation. You are a witness to the one true God. Verse 13 says, and there is no one who can deliver from my, my hand. We need to be strong in our faith, strong in our testimony, strong in our, you know what I mean, our perspective on life. I have a Savior. So we witness that he is the one true God. He is sovereign. There is no one that can deliver out of his hand. The news media will not win when we start witnessing. We're gonna build this, okay? I want you happy, I don't want you sad, you know what I mean? I don't want you just, you know, this is not to be a weight, you know. This is a purpose to, there's some real reason to engage. He is Savior. Besides me, there's no Savior. So we ask the question, why did God save you and leave you here on earth? I think it's because there's something to do. Now, what is it that you can do on earth that you can't do in heaven? Or you need to do on earth that you can't do in heaven. You don't need to do it. it well, you have to do some of this thing. You can't do it. Well, anyway, I messed up there. <laughs> you can sing in heaven. You can have fellowship in heaven. But you can tell the lost about Jesus. You can help the discouraged 
You can strengthen the weak. That's why he left you here. And obviously, that's not a real deep, and you could take that a lot further, but why are you here? You see, Jesus made a declaration to his disciples of what they were to do after he he went, and it's found in Acts chapter 1. It says, there's a power that's going to come to you, and you shall be witnesses. And he disappeared. His last words was witness. Testify. I'm on trial before the world. Get on the stand when you're called up and testify. Tell your story. Which is his story. He had led the charge for that three and a half years. And now the charge is not going to be placed in the hands of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is going to come. When he's going to come, he's going to come with the same power. (laughs) All power. All power. He's coming with all power. Yes. The greatest need today is not political power. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. No matter with irregardless of its abuse or its lack of understanding, it is still, you know, something that must come on our radar screen. And to know that you and I have been endued with power from on high. To do what? To give witness. Holy Spirit is more than for our joy. And though he is all of that, it's for our power to witness. Yes. The Holy Spirit is in the business of witnessing. John 15 says, and when the Holy Spirit has come, he will testify of me. Well, how is he going to do that? Well, he can do it through the supernatural, the miracles. But how many know those generally invariably always fall on the plane of the natural. (coughs) And how is he going to testify of Jesus? And Stephen and he being full of the Holy Spirit stood up and... (laughs) He preached. He testified. He witnessed. It's the spirit that can change 
hearts and lives. It restores families. Yeah. Jesus told his disciples, as they had a very interesting question, and the question we'd all have, you know, if somebody's leaving, when you come back? When you coming back? Jesus said, don't worry about when I'm coming back. Get on with witnessing. Get on with witnessing. Hallelujah. A witness tells what he knows and what he's experienced. In verse 15, I believe it is John 15, it says this, that you shall witness of me because you have been with me. Yeah. Because you've been with Jesus, you know something about him. So you're not in this witness program alone. The Holy Spirit. He's the witness. Resident within you. Testifying and assuring within you. His spirit bears witness with my spirit that we're the sons of God. So as you witness, there's an accompaniment of the Holy Spirit with you. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote in Acts, or excuse me, Luke wrote in Acts chapter 5. And we are witnesses of these things. You're telling your story. And so also is the Holy Spirit that God has given to them who obey him. So we witness We tell the gospel story. What is it that we witness? One, we know that there's only one Savior. We have to witness because, you know, that the world might know that there's only one Savior, and that's Jesus Christ. Secondly, we witness the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul said this, for I received, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised Again, the third day, according to Scripture. So we have the historical record of its proclamation, and then we have the present day witness that tells that it came to pass just as he said. We testify to the love of God. We testify to the forgiveness of God. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify, all right, that whosoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Paul said, or excuse me, Luke writes, and it is the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20, were to testify about the grace and favor of God. I testify to the gospel of the grace. And then in 1 Peter, he says we're supposed to give a positive outlook on life. the hope of eternal life. Give an account of the hope that you have within you. 
Yeah. God needs witnesses, not lawyers. He needs witnesses, not lawyers. We don't just identify the darkness. We find ways to light the darkness. Yes, church. Yes. Find a way to light the darkness. You are the light of the world. Well, pastor, how can I improve my light in? Okay. Philippians chapter 2, 14 and 16. Don't murmur. Don't complain. Don't be negative. In whom or where? You shine as lights in the world. So we improve our light by how we handle life. Thank you, Jesus. Live in your faith in a culture, darkness surrounding you. Love your neighbor. Now, if you got a good neighbor, that's not bad, hard to do, is it? Maybe you don't have a good neighbor. Maybe your neighbor needs help. The Good Samaritan is a story of who was my neighbor. (coughs) One that needs help. Thank you, Jesus. You got to get skin in the game. Skin in the game. And you're already there. You're already there. Your skin is already there. Just witness. You witness with your words and you witness with your life. Your words and your life. We are planning a series with the help of Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and, you know, more tools to know how to witness and the witness that is most powerful is the witness that comes through relationship to relationship yes life on the front line I'll ask my musicians to come this morning. Just getting started. And we read the passage of Scripture where Paul wrote to Timothy about being a good soldier. Life on the front lines. Life on the front lines. Everybody has a front line. 
They do. It's different for everyone, but you have a front line. And so Paul says that part of our identity is that of a soldier. A soldier. A soldier that, like the first century that he wrote to Timothy in, you know, was placed on a mission where there was distorted values misleading commitments, confused thinking, and dangerous misconceptions. And as you walk that out, as Paul, you know, gives greater definition to it. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And then he begins to define some of the peril some of the peril. You know, it's a peril to be a lover of pleasure more than lovers of God. I didn't say he couldn't have love pleasure. He said it's when it captures more of your heart than Christ. And so he says that in this environment and in this setting, there are three things and three elements of identity that we need to relate to and draw from, you know, and grasp the, 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 the good part of it. He said, number one, we need to be dedicated soldiers. Number two, we need to be disciplined like athletes. Number three, we need to be diligent like a farmer. Dedicated soldiers, disciplined like an athlete, and diligent like the father, like a, a farmer. Yeah. I'm going to wrap it up, and next time we're going to talk about your front line. Your front line. Amen. God's put you in a front line in life. You got a front line. Stand with me this morning. You see, Christianity is not a way of doing special things. It is a special way of doing everything. Not just doing special things. No. It is a special way of doing everything. Hallelujah. Are you ready? You got to get comfortable in your Christianity skin. Yeah. You got to get comfortable being a Christian on the front line. Comfortable being a soldier of Jesus Christ. Were you in the service, Clayton? Yes. yes you, you know what a soldier element is, the dedication, you know what I mean? In, in those, those, all of those things. Yeah. Hallelujah. Be a witness for Jesus doesn't mean that you always 
you know, have to say the name of Jesus. You can get to that, but you have to win. You have to get them opened up. You have to gather and garner their trust. Not a lawyer, but a witness. This is what the Lord means to me. Now, and Gordy's gone, is but that's what we're doing on Wednesday night. People is telling people are telling their story. This is what I was doing. This is what happened when I, you know, found Jesus, and this is how my life is functioning now after Jesus. This is an old story, but talking about the farmers, we, we've got a few of them, you know what I mean? But, but the guy said, you know, uh, when he got saved, the cows knew for sure something happened in his life. Because when she used to switch him with his dirty tail, used to let out a few colorful words and now she still switches him but he just says thank you Jesus I got a cow <laughs> give the Lord a praise this morning <laughs> anyway let's sing it let's go home and glory to God let's just start this week and be encouraged this is this is all about you know what I mean you know uh, just really finding that place and 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 you know, being comfortable in your front line for the Lord. Amen. As you go this week, go encouraged and, you know, know that there's a Holy Spirit and you and Him in the trial, in the jury trial of Jesus. That He's all-powerful. And he's sovereign. Lord, as we leave, we leave with the testimony of Jesus Christ. As we go, we ask for your words that are aptly put, even like apples of gold in settings of silver. Let our conversations, let the words that we speak be arranged ever so beautiful and so wonderfully that they captivate our audience, capture their ear, Father, so that there might be transformation of life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with God. He's going with you. Have a great week.